This talk was recorded by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church, as part of the 2022 Summer Training Project. For more information on Summer Training Project or Campus Outreach Minneapolis, visit cominneapolis.org. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Evangelism Training. All right, so um, for those of you who might not know, uh, particularly any parents in the room, we're so glad to have you. Uh, thanks for coming out. And uh, uh, what we're doing today is evangelism training. And what this is is a time where we're going to come together, and we've just been talking about how can we um, develop li a lifetime of real relationships full of gospel persuasion, right? Uh, what we believe is that the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's what we're talking about today, uh, is so amazing and so fundamental, and it is so helpful that everybody in the world needs to know about it. Uh, but if we're going to be people who take that out to the rest of the world, uh, how do we do that? Uh, it's such a weird thing to talk about religion nowadays. Sometimes not. I mean, I don't want to cast that like out there as if it's always weird to talk about religion. Some people really like to do that. Some people like to talk, and some people like to chop it up. Um, but in our world that's currently you know, kind of crazy in some ways um, with regards to what can you talk about, what is okay, um, this is a really hard topic. Uh, but uh, it is so life-giving. As we've discussed in the past couple weeks, it's dynamic um, to be able to live a life full of gospel persuasion with real relationships. We have opportunities to connect with people in ways that we never knew would be possible. And last week we talked about how this isn't just Christians' ideas to go, you know, let's go do this. But it's been God, God's idea from the start. It's how God wants to restore the world. It's how God wants to connect lost people back to himself. And we respond to him in his mission to go out and do this. So this week we're going to be talking about the gospel. And I love that because last week, well, over the past three weeks, Zach has been talking about the word. So yesterday morning was word training. And something Zach said and what he's been trying to do is uh, encourage us to take the Bible seriously. Right? The Bible really is the very word of God. If the Bible really is our hope for life, um, for teaching and for proof and correction and training in righteousness, um, if the Bible really is all these things and worth storing up in our minds, then we should build our lives around it. And I think similarly, uh, there's a huge uh, connection between what Zach has been talking about with the word and in our lives as we seek to be laborers, as we seek to be and it's that uh, if we're called to take the Bible seriously, as evangelists, we're called to take the gospel seriously, right? Uh, taking the gospel seriously in evangelism, that is our goal. Our lives need to be built around the gospel. But what is it? Like, what is the gospel, right? Um, uh, Mike started this uh, by asking what is an exile at the beginning of the theme kickoff, and, uh, and uh, Logan talked about what is justification, uh, at the last thing, we're going to start just by splitting up into pairs and talk with each other. What is the gospel? How would you define it? So um, maybe write down some ideas, turn to the person next to you, and share some ideas. I'll give you a uh, I'd love to hear from you guys. What are some things that you have come up with? What is the gospel? That's great. So, um, I will be kind of laying out a way of thinking about the gospel here in a minute. Um, but I think when we use the word gospel, 
there's a few different things we actually have in mind. There's maybe a few different horizons or scopes of the gospel that uh, in different contexts, when we say what is the gospel, we might be meaning a few different things. Um, so the first one uh, is the announcement of Jesus. Uh, the word gospel in its basic sense is the good news, right? In the context originally um, was the uh, announcement or the glad tidings. It's, it was highly connected with the emperor in the times of who is the king, uh, who is the new king. And then the gospel was the good news of who is the new king who's coming to his kingdom. And what we see when the New Testament authors usually use the word gospel, um, they're meaning the announcement of Jesus. Who is Jesus and what has he done? An example of this is 1 Corinthians 15, 3-6. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom were still alive, though some had fallen asleep. It's the announcement that what Christ has done, he's done. He's come and he's lived, right? Um, so that's oftentimes the way the, the New Testament is using the word gospel. Um, but the context of that is often like, what, why does it matter that Christ did these things? And when we use the gospel, oftentimes when we're thinking about it in an evangelistic setting, we're thinking about the gospel of salvation. We're thinking about what is the message that must be delivered to people? What must people believe in order to be saved? Okay. And what we have in the, in the idea of the, the gospel of salvation is kind of a bigger picture of not just what Jesus has done, if you can say just what Jesus has done, but um, the, the picture of who is God and who is man and who is Jesus and how are we called to respond in order to believe and uh, be saved. And so we have an example of this kind of thing in Titus 3, 3 through 7. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior. So that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And he goes on forward from there of what it means to live out as a Christian. So in that sense, the gospel is the message of what God has done through Christ to save sinners, to restore them back into relationship with him, and to create new people for his own possession. Uh, to use the words of first Peter. But then there's another scope of the gospel I think we can talk about as well. It's the gospel of universal restoration. The gospel isn't just the salvation of us as individuals or something. It's also the gospel of God in all the work that he's doing throughout history to restore creation back to himself, to fix what went wrong in the Garden of Eden. We have a, a little picture of this uh, in Romans 8, 19-21. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in a hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So when we talk about what is the gospel, we might just mean all of scripture, not just all of scripture, but all of history, from beginning to end, that God created things, but we rebelled, 
And after we rebelled, God sent his son to restore us, to redeem us, and someday he will come again to fix all that has been broken. Right? So there's a whole bunch of different scopes that we could talk about with the gospel. But I think something that is really important that we should derive out of all of this is that Christ is the center of the gospel. The gospel is the center is the center of our lives because Christ is the center of the gospel. In all spheres of what the gospel might mean, it's centered around the person of Christ and the work that he has done. What does this mean? That's why we take it so seriously. Because at the center of the gospel is the person of Christ. So our work of evangelism is to take the message of the person of Christ and to take it to people who need it. Because there's no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Uh, All right, listen to how Peter um, in Acts refers to Christ. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by the new builders, which has become the cornerstone. Which is fun, because that was in our passages that we've been studying um, since we got down here, uh, that reference. And uh, in a different place in the Bible, um, it's being used here to refer to Christ being rejected. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Like, that is an incredibly bold statement. That there is no other name in heaven by which we must be saved. It strikes me similar to uh, a friend of mine. Zach mentioned this um, uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, but I remember hearing somebody talking about the Word of God. And they said, what is the Word of God? It is the very Word of God. And that strikes you when you think about it. That the Word of God isn't just a book, but it is the communication of God, the revealing of God to us. That the Creator of all the universe is talking to me in the Word. And that hits you. And I think similarly, when we read this, it ought to hit us. The Gospel of Jesus Christ, there's no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. That goes for us, and that goes for other people as well. What does the world need? It needs Christ. And because the world needs Christ, it needs the gospel. It needs the message of who Christ is and what he's done. But there's no other name by which we must be saved either. There's no other alternative that helps. There's no diet plan that can save us from ourselves and from our sin. Right? There's no romance or relationship that can fill those needs. There's no self-help book or 10 techniques to maximize your time that might give you the productivity to save yourself, right? There's no business strategies or get-quick, uh, get-rich-quick schemes. There's no achievements. There's no glories that we can achieve that will save us. There's no wealth or possessions, no car and no house that will fill that void. There's no inner peace or harmony with nature that can make us right with God. There's no introspection and no counseling that can sort through the inner parts of my heart and deal with my sin. There's no escape into books or video games that can really remove me from the things that trouble me. There's not one single other way to restore our souls, to, to forgive our sins, to free us from bondage, to purify our hearts, to empower our love, 
to guide our steps and direct our hopes other than what is found in Christ. That is who Christ is to us. And that's what it means that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That is true for me, and that is true for you, and that is true for everyone in you. And that's why, as our work, when we're thinking about sharing our faith, what we're doing, we are wanting to take that truth and we're wanting to help people build their lives on it. There may be all kinds of good stuff in all the things that I said. There might be all kinds of really great things, really wonderful gifts from the Lord, but none of them, none of them can give us what we need by which we must be saved. They can't deliver and because of that, Romans 10, I think, casts uh, a, a really helpful light on this. Everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. All people need is Christ. And everyone, anyone who calls upon the name of Christ will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they have sinned? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. It might seem weird to go to evangelism, but when you understand the central place of creation, of reality, of life, of history that the gospel holds, how beautiful is it? How beautiful are the feet of those who would take that gospel to the world that needs it most? And I think it's because of this that the gospel has a centrality both in our hearts and our lives and the way in which we go out to the rest of the world. And the way I've been thinking about this is like a fireplace. Okay, so we just bought a house and it's got a wood-burning fireplace in it, which is awesome. I've never had a wood-burning fireplace before. First time I started a fire in it, I didn't realize there's a flu. So started a fire and smoke just starts billowing out into our, um, into our little den there. And, uh, uh, but, uh, Another thing is when you buy a house and you're getting all the things you need for your house and you get in the fireplace, you don't think, uh, let me like get a bunch of firewood because like we just gathered sticks because <laughs> we wanted to use our new fireplace, but we didn't have any like really good fireplace wood for it. Um, and because I'm stingy and because I only have a few logs, I'm trying to make like the few sticks I have go as far as humanly possible in my fireplace, right? So like we started a fire in there and I'm like rearranging twigs with like surgeon's precision, trying to keep the fire going as well as I can with the little bit of sticks that I have. Uh, it didn't work. Eventually the fire goes out, right? And when I started a new fire, all the old logs that, might, that were still in there that weren't burnt up were covered in ash. And I'm like, you know what? I don't have a lot of wood. Maybe I can get these to light up again but there's a layer of insulation from all this ash and they just don't burn, right? I needed new logs to put on that fire. In a lot of ways, our heart is like a fireplace, right? Our heart is like a fireplace and the fire in the fireplace of our heart is the fire of the Christian life. The Christian life as it should be, right? A life that is full of love and joy and passion and peace in all the fruits of the Spirit, all the things that make our lives different, yes. That is the fire that burns in the fireplace of our hearts. And the wood that's in the fireplace of our hearts is the gospel. 
We as Christians, we burn on the gospel. That's what goes in there. And, and the problem, I think, for a lot of us is we try to take our old wood, our little twigs that we had from the past, and we try to keep rekindling that and carry that on. No, we need fresh logs. We need fresh logs in the fireplace of our hearts. It won't do to take the old experiences, that, that time you felt, that way you felt about Christ from your past, and try to relive those experiences all over again. No, we need fresh experiences of the gospel. We need to be reminded again and again gospel truths. We need to see him, see Christ in scripture, and have it, have it rekindle our hearts with new wood to burn. And this fire is so needed. Um, does anybody in here watch the show alone? Yeah, a few of you. If you don't know the show alone, it's one of those survival shows, right? Which, by the way, I have a huge beef with the idea of these things being survival shows. Because if I were to write a survival handbook, number one on the list would be don't get dropped off in the middle of nowhere all by yourself. <laughs> right? I'm watching the show eating popcorn, and I'm like, these guys are about to die, and I'm killing them. Like, if there's a survival expert here, it's clearly me. I'm not about to die. Um, but these people, they get dropped off in the middle of nowhere all by themselves. And if they, they're the last people of 24 people, if they're the last ones who stay out in the wilderness, then they get half a million dollars. So huge stakes in the line. And in one of the seasons, there's this guy who, like, literally in the first week, I think, I don't, might have been in the first day, um, he's got, he's doing great. He's got shelter, he's got everything, he's got a bunch of different stuff that he needs. At some point during the day, he drops his fire starter. And he drops his fire starter, he's looking all over for it. And he can't find it. And when he loses it, and when he realizes he's never going to be able to find his fire starter again, he quits. He calls him up and he leaves. And when you're watching, you're like, that's ridiculous. Like, it's just this little thing. Like, but he's right. Because he can't live out there without the fire. Like, there's no way he's going to survive out there in the woods without the fire. Like, there's, he's not going to be able to keep the wolves and the bears away. He's not going to be able to stay warm without the fire. He's not going to be able to cook his food without the fire. We need the fire of the gospel burning in our hearts with that kind of urgency. Like, that's what we need. And there's nothing else but the gospel that can make that fire in our hearts. Okay? And I think that moves us to this idea of, like, when we are evangelists, the, our, the gospel isn't just the core of our lives. It has to be the core of anything we're doing to try to help a world who's lost without Christ. To share our faith without the gospel might be akin to uh, trying to start a fire in someone else's fireplace with no wood in it. Right? You guys might have done this before. If you have like bad or wet wood or something like that, you ever try to start a fire in your backyard and you like, no matter how much lighter fluid you keep pouring on this fire and you get like these huge explosions, right? The wood never catches, right? Like we need good wood in other people's fire. That means my goal in evangelism, if I want to see that fire kindle in somebody else's life, and that's what we want. We want to see that fire, that hope, that peace, that joy. Like we want to see those things centered around Christ and somebody's life. Then my goal is to take the gospel wood, that stuff that's worth burning, and put it in other people's fireplaces. That makes sense. Our goal as evangelists must be to take this gospel, this good news, 
and to take it to other people who need it most. Why? There's no other name under heaven that they can be saved. And if they're going to believe, they must know Christ. He has been so, so, so good to us. That burning you feel internally because of the gospel, other people can experience that. And we need to be the ones who take it to you. Um, so, uh, we must be people who center both our lives around the gospel and who take that gospel to other people. And I would say, too, that if there's no other name under heaven by which we must be saved, if there's no other message, then we must know that message like a back of our hands. Right? Like, we must know that message better than anything else. And for the rest of our time today, we are going to be doing a workshop. So how do I understand what the gospel message is? How would I communicate it? How do I understand it so I can communicate it to my own heart? And how do I understand it so I can communicate it to other people? Um, at this point, let's pause. Let's take a couple minute break, and then we're going to jump back into kind of more of a workshop session. Thank you for listening to this message from the 2022 Summer Training Project hosted by Campus Outreach Minneapolis the College Ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church. Please feel free to share this message with others, but please don't charge, edit, or alter the content in any way without the written permission of Campus Outreach Minneapolis.